Hi everyone and welcome to this week's Monday Memo and hope you're all having a great start to the week. Although I suppose if we, if we were to look over the last few months we've not only had to deal with business as usual but that business as usual has sort of changed a bit and for some of us it's been quite pressured and we've not really been able to, to pop our head up for any air and for others of us we've been able to reflect on things that have been happening and also regroup our thoughts around some underlying themes that were happening a number of months ago and haven't really gone away, but maybe time for us to come and show a bit of appreciation towards again. And one of those key themes, and the topic of today's Monday Memo, is around deglobalization and why that's important for us finance professionals. And I'd like to thank Simone Collins, a previous guest mentor on the show, who actually wrote an article and blog for us on this theme and this topic, and we share the link with this post as well. But if we think about deglobalization, it really sprouts out of the fact that up until recently, up until the pandemic anyway, that we'd never been more physically close. Uh, we'd never had so many opportunities and risks open up because of international trade. Um, but also there was this underlying uh, theme and noise around supporting and protecting industries and domestic resources and such measures uh, we could say contribute to this idea of deglobalization to offset the, the closeness or the physical closeness that our, our markets were having. And as international companies tend to grow when we're tra- trading between countries and so on, there's a pressure to balance these two conflicting themes whilst also maintaining a day-to-day viable operation that generates value uh, for the investment that stakeholders and shareholders put into it. And Simone, when she starts her article, calls out an important statistic that the WTO, the World Trade Organization, forecasts that world trade is likely to decline between 13% to 32% in 2020. Now, this is largely due to the pandemic and it's an early projection, but there were periods in 2008 and 2014 where the world's value of exported goods had actually declined as well in high double digits and the thing is with this sort of deglobalization and such of regulatory measures that we have from things like brexit and other governmental forces like the trade wars between the us and china and also the restrictiveness of say the european union's requirements around goods and services either within the community but also not just within the european union but with its trading partners too as much as the the prominence of it has maybe died down a bit, the theme is still there. And this is the governmental factors we need to consider. Uh, And particularly the negative impacts these things can have on our supply chain, as well as the availability of good quality and effective resources. Also, we've got consumer type forces outside of the government, which, you know, stem from them wanting uh, eco-friendly packaging, you know, reducing the use of single-use plastics that are used in packaging, for instance or more trend towards supporting local producers to reduce the carbon footprint of what people are buying. That's another consumer sort of driver for this deglobalization. Also, the obvious one is the COVID pandemic, the impact that's having on mobility. It's really disrupted the travel industry. And, you know, uh, if you look at getting other governmental interference in this space, the quarantine rules, a lot of those are being reciprocated between countries which means that there's a greater need for self-reliance to maintain survival within organizations and also the reliance on overseas supply chains from reducing that vulnerability. And the thing is, 
if you take these sort of key themes, our role in finance with our sort of broader view visibility inside and outside our organizations, access to decision makers, access to data, and the training to be able to piece all this together, we, it's our role to connect the dots. That's what we need to do with this. We need to, to follow the demand, supply, and investment curves. We need to understand these factors. And how we do that is talking with our business partners, with our stakeholders inside, and also outside our organizations to develop some driver-based projections of what might happen and figure out continuity plans to do or what to do in those situations. And, you know, we may not get all the right answers, but we'll start figuring out what are the key interdependencies that impact our organizations. Those interdependencies around our our people, our talent, our materials, our resources, our capital, our distribution, our supply chain, understanding the impacts on our value proposition. So if anything, the whole COVID pandemic has probably introduced another key theme for us to think about when it comes to deglobalization, but it's only deferred the work. This work should have always had to have been done. And I suppose the thing is, as we start uh, emerging from this pandemic, this crisis, you know, what I really like what Simone sort of says is that we'll be prepared knowing what we know today. And should also note that, you know, these globalization and deglobalization trends and also the need to balance them will continue even as economies recover. And a very key point she makes is that the decisions taken today will have a longer term consequence on the survival of a business. So look, hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please remember to share it with your friends and colleagues. You can subscribe on all the major platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube and Spotify. And as I said, if you want to read more details of Moon's article, you can access it the link that goes with this podcast and this post. And as always, really appreciate you investing your time with us today. So until next time, take care of yourselves and let's keep on building our strength in the numbers.